This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their f***. You got yet. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. And this is a big one. A big one. Let's go across town to that home daycare center, get to the one, the only Ryan Callahan. And he can tell you why we are having yet another holy shit edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Wes testing out those sensors throughout this uh, this busy month of July, but uh, they keep doing it. They so. keep doing it. it. It is justifiable in this case. Uh, Five star edge rusher Sean Davian Bradley of Platte City, Missouri, uh, right there outside of Kansas City. Not an area Tennessee recruits a whole lot, uh, but Tennessee goes all the way to the Midwest to land one of the nation's top edge rushers in the 2023 class. He is committed to Tennessee, picking the Vols over Texas A&M and South Carolina. Um, really visited Tennessee just one time. Uh, went there in late May for uh, that weekend of uh, Rocky Tapalooza, the uh, whatever you think of the, that name. It was a successful weekend okay. for Tennessee. Okay, it, it, it worked with getting this kid, Ryan. But I still think the, <laughs> I still think I still think that uh, Rocky Top Turd Fest would be a better name, and that's a bad name too. <laughs> well, uh, be that as it may, we, we did say, if you recall, coming out of that weekend that I thought we would look back on that weekend and see several guys who ended up being in Tennessee's class. And that's, I think that's been the case. And certainly, uh, you know, the, this is one of the, one of the bigger names from that, that weekend who has, uh, has fallen in Tennessee's favor now, but to, yeah, to, to get a big time edge rusher like that, always a big deal. And, and we'll get into this more in a minute, but I think particularly impressive because, Tennessee has already gotten another highly ranked edge rusher in this class in Caleb Herring, obviously the number one player from Tennessee and uh, the, the rising senior at Riverdale High School in Murfreesboro. So to, to, to pair those two together, that is a, a, a pretty impressive feat. And, and Tennessee is really starting to stack up some talent at that position, uh, which is obviously one of the most important in football, especially with today's game being so so pass heavy, so so reliant on quarterbacks. You got to disrupt the quarterback on defense, and that's where I would argue this defense was undermanned last year. And so now that you continue to upgrade that position, that you know most likely that Leo position where Sean Davian Bradley will play, um, that is a big big deal to just keep stacking athletes there and, and guys who can get to the quarterback. And and you know he maybe needs some time to develop, but regardless, you're getting athletes, you're getting guys who can who can absolutely rush off the edge and get there fast. And, you know, the more you hit on, the more likely uh, you're, you're going to have some of those live up to the hype. You know, you, you can't just sometimes win one recruiting battle and have that guy automatically be a star. you got to stack. This is why we say all the time you got to stack recruiting classes because some are just not going to work out. So now that you're seeing Tennessee stack some real talent at that position, 
much better chance that in the next couple of years, you're going to see Tennessee with a pretty good pass rush. Uh, and that's not something we've been able to say a whole lot in recent years. So this is a big pickup and impressive job by Tennessee to go somewhere a little bit outside their normal recruiting area, not one of the, the bordering uh, it, it is a technically, I guess, a neighboring state because Missouri touches Tennessee a little bit, but it is not a, a state that you see Tennessee go there and, and definitely, have a lot of definitely not Kansas City. That that part of the no. state that that part of the state is nowhere near Tennessee. No, and I and I think that's one of the only time I, I can't think of another player in, in my time covering recruiting, which is more than a decade now, where Tennessee has signed another player from the Kansas City area or or landed a commitment from a player from the Kansas City area. That's that's an area that's usually mined by the Iowa's and Missouri's and Nebraska's of the world, Oklahoma maybe, but yeah, not, not usually SEC guys, not a lot of SEC guys from there and certainly not a lot of Tennessee players from there. So give them credit for, you know, we say they recruit nationally. They certainly have done that in this case uh, and gone going to a, an area like Kansas city to get a player like this and to beat out some pretty good competition for it. Yeah. I was going to take this conversation in that direction, Ryan, because th- this is, <coughs> excuse me. I want to talk about this kid as a player a lot, but sort of explain this recruitment to me because I think, if I remember, I think Tennessee has somewhat recently had a basketball player perhaps from the Kansas City area. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think Derek Walker uh, in basketball maybe was one who came from that area. But, but, but in generally speaking, if Tennessee gets a kid from Missouri, it's usually from more of the St. Louis area. That's a little bit closer. Uh, certainly it's not like it's next door, obviously, to, to Knoxville, but it's it's closer. Tennessee's gotten you know so a few players in different sports from that area. Haven't gone over to the Kansas City area very recently. This kid doesn't, as far as I know, also has zero connections to the University of Tennessee. I think you were telling me that uh, his he has a sister in the military who's stationed somewhere near at a base near Columbia. So that maybe helps South Carolina a little bit in this process, but he didn't have a natural pull of any kind that I know of, unless you correct me to, to the Knoxville area, to the state of Tennessee. How did Tennessee get in here? Who got in here? Who got this started and, and how did it get here now? Yeah, it's an interesting situation. They, they offered him earlier this year, back in uh, January or February, I believe it was. And, and we started to pick up on back in, in March, if you remember, there was a, uh, one of our Oklahoma writers uh, has, has been pretty well connected to, to Sean Davian and, and, and dropped a crystal ball prediction. And, uh, and, and people are kind of caught off guard by it. They're like, wait, this five-star edge rusher, and we've hardly heard anything about him. And you're already crystal balling him to Tennessee, so uh, so give Parker Thune a lot a lot of credit. He was he's all over this one from the start, and and it goes back to March, and, and that was well before he visited Tennessee for the first time. So I think this was one one of those cases where there was a kind of an immediate connection that I think he really liked the idea of playing in the SEC. Uh, he started talking to some Tennessee commitments. Give uh, give Jack Luttrell a, a little bit of an assist on this, and some other guys obviously in Tennessee's class have been in contact with him quite a bit over the past several months, and, and certainly even more so since he visited Tennessee for the first time back in late May. Uh, but, but Jack Luttrell and some of those guys were talking with him before he visited Tennessee, really talking at the possibilities. And, and we talk all the time about how interconnected players are. I mean, that, that's, that's just a relationship that, that kind of just blossomed because of social media. They just yeah. kind of got in touch. And, 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 and real knows real. I mean, that's kind of how it goes in sports. Yeah. So it, it's, it's one of those things where they, they had, they didn't like know each other and go way back. They just kind of got to know each other online and, Next thing you know, it's uh, it's a guy in his ear all the time talking up Tennessee, and uh, you know, obviously, a, a, any highly ranked player, I'm sure NIL considerations may be a, a l- little bit of a factor at least. But I, I think that 
this is a kid just drawn to Tennessee, you know, just, just really liked it, loved his first visit. Yeah, I think you even before his visit to Tennessee in May, I think they were already one of the teams to beat. And I think kind of by the end of that visit, he was he was really leaning toward Tennessee and you know, maybe didn't know for sure that it was Tennessee, but I think he had a pretty good idea that he was leaning toward them and that if he made a decision before his senior season, it was, it was going to be them. So uh, give them a lot of credit for just the way they recruited him. But, yeah, Mike Eckler, uh, the outside linebackers coach, uh, did, a, did a nice job with him, uh, went out there to, to see him uh, on, the, on the last day of the spring evaluation period. I think, I think made that one of his first stops during the spring evaluation period too, so took advantage of the chance to go see him uh, a couple times this spring. And, and yeah, by the time he visited – Tennessee for the first time, it was uh, he, he was already you know maybe not sold on them, but already already really really high on Tennessee. So they just uh, did a nice job of kind of laying that foundation, and some of that was peer recruiting, some of that Tennessee staff, but no question, I think the chance to just play in the SEC and be on that big stage and 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 just feeling like you fit in with some of the guys in Tennessee's class, I think that was at least a factor in his mind. And, and in terms of Ryan, I think a lot of times when when, when people see the 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 words five star five star five star they think someone who just automatically plugs in and plays and and in fairness a lot of times that that is the case I think that we'll see because this young man's got another year or so to develop before we're even talking about him being at Tennessee and, and all this stuff for at least several months and we'll go by before that happens and kids develop quickly at this ages and things can change but he might be a kid who is still looks maybe a little bit raw. I mean, you could the, the talent, you can see high four-star, five-star written all over this kid. You can see it immediately. This is an unbelievable talent. But in terms of, you know, and maybe I'm just not as trustworthy of that area because I don't know as much about it from a recruiting standpoint, so maybe I'm just being, you know, sort of a stubborn old Southern man here. But this kid might need a tiny bit of time before we see just how good he is. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. You know, Tennessee is uh, they're in a good spot to not necessarily have to force him into early action too, because again, they are starting to stack some talent at that Leo position. So he he is a leaner player, so I think he he might need some time. He's played basketball a lot, uh, pretty good basketball player for that matter. And I think Tennessee's coaches and some others have been impressed by his explosion on the basketball court. You can certainly see that he has no problem getting up and dunking and things like that. So. Um, good explosive player just in, in both sports and just a just an athlete who still you know is going to need some refinement as a as a football only player you know and, and for that matter has some interest in playing basketball at Tennessee you know we'll see if that works out uh, I'm always a little bit skeptical when I hear of guys wanting to play two sports because in this day and age that's just hard to do but you know at least has expressed some interest in that um, so regardless a, a good athlete who's just going to need some time to to still add some weight and, and continue to uh, to to sort of hone his skill set as a pass rusher only, and, and to, you know he, he's he's athletic enough right now. He easily can drop back into coverage and do all those things, cover a lot of ground. I mean, he's he measured in in late May on that visit to Tennessee at around 211 pounds, I think. You know, Caleb Herring is in kind of in a similar range weight wise, so both of those guys are going to need to put on some weight. That's not a problem before anybody you know expresses any concerns about that. I think it's totally fine to have guys. Uh, that are edge rushers weighing that coming out of high school because you want them a lot of times in that 240 to 255 range anyway. And to, to need to put on 30 pounds going into your senior year, not a problem because these guys, when you got that big a frame, they're going to blow up in the weight room in no time. So even if they enroll at Tennessee at 215 pounds, 220, that not the end of the world. And they'll probably put on some weight their senior years as well. So uh, yeah, I think this is a, this is a guy who probably does need ideally a year, maybe, maybe two, but probably at least a year. To, to really start to 
to, to kind of hone in on what, what being a great pass rusher is all about. But the, the physical tools are there, and that's the most important thing. It's just hard to find guys that have that quick first step, that long frame. So, so many times over the years we've seen Tennessee have to go get edge rushers or defensive ends, you know, whatever system they were running, that were, you know, a little bit short, you know, 6'2", six, 6'1 six, and a half sometimes. You know, we've seen guys like that, that Tennessee just kind of had to take what it could get and that you can't find that length. Now we're seeing Tennessee, you know, get four of those guys that have that kind of length. And Joshua Josephs, James Pierce, Caleb Herring, Sean Davian Bradley, those are all guys six, six, three and a half, six, four or taller and, and long arms. And they've got that kind of build. That, that makes you a successful SEC edge rusher. And, and that's, a, that's a big, big deal. Again, I, I think this is probably the thing Tennessee has done the best job of in terms of roster building since Josh Heupel got to Tennessee. You know, Nico Iamaliaba is going to be the centerpiece of this class and, and probably will, will define how successful this class is overall just because of how big of a deal he is. And it's the quarterback. But aside from the quarterback position, I, no question in my mind, this is the, the most impressive thing Tennessee has done is get four really pretty elite pass rushers, especially these two in the 2023 class. And to get those in back-to-back classes, I, I, don't, I think it's been, frankly, a long time since we've t- seen Tennessee with this kind of talent among edge rushers. Yeah, and there's a lot more to discuss about this young man. This is a big, big day for Tennessee football. There have been a bunch of those recently, uh, but this is certainly one of the biggest ones. This is a big deal, Tennessee adding another five-star uh, into the mix. This is a, uh, a composite five-star. This is a very, very good football player. Lots to talk about with him, the class in general, the edge rushing position in particular. Lots more to discuss, but before we do that, we're going to step away for just one second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, etc., and then we will be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center talking about another big, big day for Tennessee football. The Vols adding a commitment from five-star, five-star, five-star edge rusher Shantavian Bradley. This is a big, big deal for Tennessee, one of the very best players at any position 
in this class nationally and, and certainly one of the very best players at one of the very, very biggest positions on the football field, a place where you absolutely can make the difference between being, let's say, a 7-8 win team versus like a 9-10 win team. Uh, the, these kinds of guys are guys that can put wins on the board and make these plays that change games, and this is a big, big deal for Tennessee. So lots to discuss about that. Before we do that, though, guys, we're going to ask you quickly, if you could take about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds, somewhere in that frame, somewhere in that range, go in there, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, we love you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. However, what helps us out the most is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world. You can cast a fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, uh, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No problem on this end. No complaints whatsoever. However, uh, since we're doing it for free, I feel like we're okay to ask you for just a couple of things. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell some friends. The good old-fashioned just tell a friend. That sometimes still works. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, uh, go yourself. That's the... uh, that's the motto. Ryan, looking at this this commitment and, and what it means for Tennessee, we've said this a million times. There's no need to really belabor the point, but but edge rusher is one of the most important positions on the football field, right? Football is, is one of the best team sports that's ever existed because you need 11 guys on each side of the ball pulling like on a string at the same time. Got to be there, no question about it. However... Some positions, uh, when you look at like NFL salaries, they, they're they're different from others. Edge rusher, certainly one of those positions. And as it stands right now, ratings could change between now uh, and the end of the of the cycle. We, you know, guys go up, guys go down. That's the nature of it. It's not a stationary thing. The, these guys move, and they should um, because they're young, and we see them play, and and then we we move them around accordingly. But as it stands right now, Ryan Tennessee's got two of the ten top prospects in the country at inarguably one of the most important positions on the football field. I don't know how that can be categorized as anything other than a really big deal. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, even if you're, you know, if you're looking at that top three that, uh, that, that, that Sean Davey and Bradley ultimately chose between, you know, pe- people might roll their eyes a little bit in South Carolina. As you said, there was a, there was a connection there though, his, his sister working at that military base, uh, in the Columbia, South Carolina area was at least uh, part of the appeal there. He visited twice in June. So, so South Carolina did a nice job there. Texas A&M, though, was, uh, they, were, they were heavily in the mix here and really wanted uh, Bradley. I, I think at, at the end of the day, I'm not sure he was quite as interested in Texas A&M as, as people might have thought. And A&M just kind of had, uh, had to move on. I think you could kind of see that they were, uh, if you watched their movement recently, I think they were kind of expanding their board at the edge rusher position because they, they kind of figured out that Bradley was kind of trending away and they needed more options. So uh, that, that's a big deal. I mean, Texas A&M obviously had, had a remarkable recruiting class last year and, and has access to a lot of talent in the state of Texas. And this was a guy they wanted and, and, and coveted quite a bit. So you're beating out some good SEC programs for him and, and other programs in the Midwest for that matter. This is a guy that uh, I think Oklahoma was thought to be, you know, I mentioned Parker Thune, our, uh, our Oklahoma beat writer uh, or, or recruiting writer that was uh, has has had a pretty good relationship with Sean Davian for a while. He 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 was uh, you know kind of tracking him closely because I think Oklahoma was the early favorite at one point, frankly, until Lincoln Riley's staff left. 
Oklahoma for USC. And that's why you did see for a little while there a crystal ball prediction on 24-7 sports for USC. Yeah, there I, was think, some I, thought think, that, I think Evan did that, right? I think Evan was the one at the time who did that. So, so you, I think there was some thought that maybe he would follow that staff out to USC because he liked them so much at Oklahoma and there was clearly a relationship there. It just didn't pan out with USC quite the same as it did with Oklahoma. And, and the interest in Oklahoma faded because I think the crossover with the different staffs, you know, maybe Brent Venable's staff just didn't click with them as much or, or didn't prioritize them as much, whatever the case, and, and Oklahoma sort of fell off. So that opened the door for some SEC schools to get in there. And so I, I think that's, you know, he, he was looking for a big program like that. Oklahoma would have been, frankly, a little closer to home and, and would have made sense geographically. But uh, coaching changes shake things up all the time, and it certainly gave Tennessee an opening to to make a move in this one. So, yeah, to like you said, you're getting an elite edge rusher. You get one of those a year, you're doing pretty well. To get two of those in the same class is quite an achievement. And, and, and again, to me, just with what they already had at, uh, in James Pierce and Joshua Joseph from the 2022 class, uh, I'm pretty high on both of those guys. You know, neither, neither one a finished product, but both just a, oozing with talent. And uh, and to have those two guys already on campus and these two on the way, that that's a pretty exciting possibility. You know, even if one or two of those guys doesn't live up to the hype, <laughs> that means you're still getting a couple or three of these guys that are going to be pretty pretty good players. Uh, and the odds say that that you're going to hit on on at least a couple of those probably. So Tennessee doing a nice nice job of recruiting at that position. And, and again, that is the quickest way to improve a defense in my opinion, yes. you know, get good on the defensive line or, or at those edge rusher positions and get after the quarterback and stop the run as much as you can. Those, those are the two big things that really can, can, can turn around a defense just overnight because it's all about winning the line of scrimmage, obviously, and disrupting the passing game uh, by, by getting to the quarterback. So th- this, this has a potential to really, really improve Tennessee's defense and, and, and maybe shorten that, uh, that, that learning curve a little bit for Tennessee trying to catch up to some of the SEC teams that are that are you know maybe a little bit ahead still talent wise you you can you, you can at least get there faster if you can start disrupting the quarterback and, and maybe uh, make up for some deficiencies elsewhere so that's why it's such a big deal to my, uh, to me is to, you can you can do that you can do a lot of things better you suddenly are covering better on the perimeter because you your guys don't have to cover as long your safeties are going to get more errant passes thrown their way to, to have opportunities to intercept the ball everything looks better when you can get to the quarterback and now you've got a chance to do that with the, these types of elite talents uh, at the Leo position. Yeah. The quickest way without question to change your defense instantly in the, in the game of football these days is to put a couple of pterodactyls there on the edge who just wreck everything. Uh, they get into passing lanes, they get in there and they, they knife their way in there and blow up runs. The, those kind of, the, those kind of read option things. And a lot of stuff people like to do the, the inside zones, outside zones, it, it, you get a, you, you get a guy off the edge. who goes in there and blows those things up before they start. And he can also go back there and bother the quarterback for passing plays. You, you've completely changed your defense with the snap of a finger. So if you had a couple of those guys, you are really, really, really changing things. And that, that's why I think people need to be, again, we, we, we urge a lot of times we urge sort of caution on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast and on the side in general because we, we tend to be more, hey, things aren't always as great or as bad as they seem. I, I, I don't think there's anything – people should feel anything other than an extreme level of excitement for adding a couple of these types of kids at this position in this class. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, this is a this is a big deal uh, because it's you know again it's it's back to back years doing it. It's uh, and it's such an important position that this this really can transform a defense very quickly. And 
and again, I'd, I'd have to go back and look uh, through the archives. I can't think of a, of a similar year where, where Tennessee has potentially been able to get two top 50 prospects nationally at that position. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a good problem for Tennessee to have, but you know, the ideal scenario, a lot of times, and a, when you're playing so much four, two, five, you know, that, that nickel look that Tennessee's in so much, when you're playing those types of sets, you ideally maybe want a strong side defensive end, a guy who's a little bit bigger and then kind of that Leo weak side defensive end, whatever you want to call it on the other side, who's, who's maybe a little bit more physically yeah. uh, built like Caleb Herring or Sean Davian Bradley. Now you've got the dilemma, though, and it's a great problem to have, is you might want to get two of those guys on the field on, on, at the same time on the third down. Uh, you might not want them out there every down because depending on how big they get. Oh, uh, and, they uh, might, oh in loose downs, they 100% would both be on the yeah, field, I think, 100%. No, no question. So so when you get you know first and second down, maybe, maybe you want that bigger guy out there at strong side defensive end, but on third downs, I mean, you've got a real possibility for uh, a, a couple of terrors coming off the edge. Uh, if, if these guys live up to the hype. So now it's it's on Tennessee to, to first of all, hold on to these guys. you got to – it's the NIL era. Crazy things yeah. have happened and will continue to happen. So make sure you get Caleb Herring and Sean Davian Bradley to the finish line. But with the types of talent they're recruiting at those spots, um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to allow for some exciting possibilities. When you've got those kinds of edge rushers, you can move them, you can move them around. You know, put them out. You know, you, you can even take a guy like Bradley and, and line him up a little bit outside and maybe use him in a little bit of coverage, you know, disguise some blitzes, things like that. But you, you can do a lot of different things when you've got those kinds of athletes that are so long yeah, you can, you and can, can do cover some, so much ground. Yeah, you can do some of that fun saving stuff is what you can do yep. when you have those kinds of guys. And that's why these kinds of defenses have given people problems for a long time because they have these sorts of athletes who, at the size they are, can do the all the different things that they can do that that is what changes defenses and that's what allows you to not completely uh, paper over uh, other areas where you're weak but it really really helps it, it may not be like three or four coats of paint but it's a couple quick coats of paint on your defense real quick well it, it changes things it does and I, I i liked a lot of what we saw from tim banks's defense last year i did they were they were fundamentally sound a lot of times they they they, they seem to be well coached they flew to the ball they just had some obvious limitations at a lot of positions. And so this, you know, to, they couldn't get to the quarterback that easily. They had to bring too many pressures to, to create uh, uncomfortable pockets for quarterbacks. And, and so when you're having to blitz too much, it just exposes you on the back end. Now you've got the types of guys who can allow you to just rush four and let your guys have a better chance of holding up in coverage. And that just changes everything for a defense. So, I mean, it, uh, we're, we're kind of belaboring the point maybe a little bit, but it's no, it really but it's, is hard it, to it, overstate it, it's how that, important, it's that, that important. Yes, it's that important. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off on I'm sorry. I'm just I'm saying it's 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 that important. It hundred percent is that important. And, and and in that same frame, how many do you think Tennessee is I don't want to say done, but but is it done maybe at the at this position in this class or, or is Tennessee still looking at other guys and other possibilities? Because if you can get a handful of if you can get a handful of these guys, you'd hundred percent take them. Yeah, the, the the crazy thing is, I, I I wouldn't guarantee they're done there. Uh, you know, they've certainly defensive line. I think becomes you know true defensive linemen who are going to have their hand on the ground 100 percent of the time. Those those guys have have probably become the the bigger focus now. That uh, as far as remaining targets to 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 get some defensive linemen to go along with what you have now in Herring and Bradley, but they are still in on uh, Rico Walker from from North Carolina. That's a that's a big time battle with North Carolina that Tennessee is. Uh, has been involved with pretty heavily, has gotten him on campus a handful of times. 
has a pretty good relationship there with Rodney Garner. So there, there's still at least a possibility or two out there at edge rusher. They're, they've still been in the mix for some other guys too, like Braylon Shelby, uh, a four-star from Texas that's been a long time uh, top target for, for Mike Eckler and that staff. Uh, they got him on campus last summer. Still still fighting an uphill battle in that one probably. That's That's been a Texas-USC battle with, again, Texas A&M having offered earlier this summer. So there, there's some other possibilities out there. Uh, but, you know, I think that the, the, there's at least a chance they could be done at that position. Just depends on maybe what happens with those guys. But if the right opportunity is out there, if they can get a, a Rico Walker to go along with someone like, uh, like Herring and Bradley, they're, they're certainly not going to turn them away. You know, it's, it, again, the, this not having a 25 signee limit, it does allow you to sort of just take what's presented to you. So if there is an opportunity to oversign a little bit or to, to go one beyond maybe your ideal number at a spot, you take it because uh, if you're in a position uh, of a program like Tennessee, you've got to just continue to turn over your roster as quickly as possible and, and get better uh, as fast as possible. And, and no question, that's a position where they still, you know, that's four very good ones. Um, but Byron Young will be on his way out either, you know, after this year or maybe one more year. So, you know, you've got to have that next generation of pass rushers and Tennessee's not just so stacked at that position. It couldn't use another one. So if they can get a Rico Walker or someone like that, I think they'll absolutely welcome him, but it, it's maybe not an absolute must to find a third uh, just based on pure numbers. Ryan, you got anything else? I know this is a big topic that we could talk about forever because this is a huge day for Tennessee, but you got anything else that we need to say right now? Well, I, well one thing on his on his rating, you know, I, you touched on it. He's a 24-7 sports composite five-star, not currently a five-star in, in the 24-7 sports rankings, but it'll be fascinating to see. Uh, I think he'll be one that our analysts are, will watch very closely this season to kind of see – uh, you know, continued progression. He, you see a lot of potential there, but but it's a lot of potential certainly right now. Uh, you know, you want to see continued development from him and, and a lot of competition among those top edge rushers in the country. So how does he stack up against those other top guys at this position? We'll determine whether he ends up being a five-star on signing day or, or you know, a high, high four-star, whatever it might be. Um, so, so certainly worth watching there and no guarantee he keeps that fifth star in the 24-7 sports composite. He's kind of a borderline case there right now. Um, but regardless, I mean, two top 50 prospects at that position, just a big deal. And, uh, you know, again, give Tennessee staff a lot of credit for finding an opportunity uh, to go to outside their, you know, normal six or eight hour radius where you get most of your talent. And, you know, sometimes it's South Florida or Texas if you're going to go outside that, that normal radius. Those are about the only other places you might go, maybe up to Maryland or somewhere like that or Michigan every once in a while. Not too often we've seen them go to Kansas City again, so give them a lot of credit for finding opportunity, capitalizing on it, and doing a great job of recruiting a player who normally would seem like you know, not a natural fit for Tennessee because of geography. There you go. I think that's a really good place to leave it. This is a big day, and there's lots more to discuss. And there will be much more uh, coming up in the next few days too, This is or, or next few weeks, I should say, at least certainly. I mean, hell, it could be days at this point you never really know things are going fast and furious for Tennessee at the moment but uh, uh, we'll see Ryan you'll be around there and uh, we'll be around to talk with you so appreciate the time man absolutely thanks Wes and there's the button and now I can say guys thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast as always we always say it but we always mean it thank you Thank you, thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, 
Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists. We've got somebody there. we got people up at different hours of the day. we got all kinds, any time of day, any time you go there. You're going to find a bunch of people on there talking Tennessee athletics, talking SEC stuff, talking pro sports, talking life, advice with kids, what to get spouses for their for anniversaries, uh, lawn maintenance. Oh, just You never know what people are going to be talking about on there. And it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature. Anything else right there on the board for you to discuss. And you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial. That is all that it costs. And after you pay or get that seven-day that seven free trial, after that, you get us that, that low rate. That's one mediocre lunch per month. But you don't just get GoVols 24-7 with that. You get access to Paramount Plus with that for free in perpetuity. You also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free. Tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies. You got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids. All of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives of uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.